So if you were the follower whom I accidentally video called and then said, oh my God, so sorry, haha, please know that I was absolutely dying because you would have seen my boobs had you picked up. Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited for this episode where we are going to bring on Ariella. Tell us a little bit about her. Yes. So Ariella is a queer dating coach. She's actually at Queer Dating Coach on Instagram, which when we talk to her, we will ask her about this because the fact that she got that handle is nuts. But we thought that in honor of Pride Month that we would talk to her as well as one of your friends who we'll get into in a second. Um, But Ariella has a dating coaching practice where, in her words, she helps kind queer folks navigate the dating landscape so they have the courage to go after what they want in dating and in life. I love that mission statement. We could not be more aligned. I feel like it's going to be a great conversation. I totally agree. And I think that something that that kind piece of it is something that she – I found her on Instagram through one of my followers who um, I had asked in – in an Ask Me Anything – one of my followers had asked for queer dating resources. And I, at the time, wasn't very well-versed in that. So I actually asked my followers for tips. And somebody suggested her, and I started following her, and we started DMing. And our our mission statements just couldn't line up more. So I'm so excited to talk to her. Yeah. And so we have Ariella, and then we have a friend of mine, Nicole, who is a gay woman dating in LA. And she's going to sort of give us the, as we call it, it's it's actually funny because it's almost you and my dynamic, right? Oh like, my God, you're so right. <laughs> yeah. Like you're the coach in the trenches. I'm just in the trenches. And then Ariella is the coach in the trenches and Nicole is just in the trenches. <laughs> right. Because Ariella is also currently dating. So she talks about that yes. as well. Yeah, she can speak to both perspectives too. Yeah. And something that I think it's important to say off the top is just as you said, it's June, it's Pride Month, it's a dedicated month to celebrate LGBTQ plus issues and really highlight that experience. However, I would love for this to be an ongoing thing that we're aware of and it's not the end of the conversation at all to say that, you know, oh, we've had these guests and we're going to highlight this and then farewell. June is over. July 1st, baby, moving on. And so like, I hope that this is an ongoing conversation and we can kind of keep digging into digging into this topic as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And I often get in my Ask Me Anythings, I often get questions from queer followers and I have attempted to answer some of them in the past, but you know, perhaps this is somewhere where we can lean into Ariella. We'll see. Yeah, definitely. And so with all of that, um, let's get into our personal lives as, as they are. <laughs> um, okay. I do have a couple updates, even though I think I'm probably going to take a pause on the apps for July, because that's just going to be my sort of like hell month. And I don't think it's wise for me to date much. Yeah. And also I've realized that I'm just like an uninteresting person now. I, I do not think that's true. But. <laughs> Thank you. But Literally, all I can talk about is um, like a power ranking of the worst lectures in the little online course that you take. And so nobody wants to talk to me about that, except for like the people who have done it. (laughs) So here we are. That's, I mean, that's probably fair of them. 
Yes, hundred percent. Um, but I do, I do have some updates, just like some funny stories. Nothing date related for me, but so the brother, the brother yes. is on hold. The bro on hold. Yeah, the brother's on hold because he'll be, I mean, he'll be around if it's meant to be later in life, it is meant to be. However, the girl that he had been casually dating has become his girlfriend. Okay. okay. On hold is a little bit of weird phrasing to me because that feels like we're hoping they break up. Apparently, no one likes her. Oh God, I shouldn't say this. (laughs) Should this ever come into her hands? Yeah. Yeah. She's not well liked. Oh, Okay, so we're hoping they break up. He's on hold. Great. Yeah, Got exactly. It. Brother yeah. on hold. Check. Um, yes. So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol. Yeah. And also, it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice nice little flavorful drink that is a little, little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors. My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy, garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the recess ginger lime mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat. They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Okay, so perhaps we will revisit him. What what else you got? I ran into an ex. Which ex? I ran into the student. No way. Yes, and I, I I told you that I ran into him, but I did not tell you any other details. So now the listeners know that I just made up that no way reaction, but go on. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Blowing up my spot over here, but okay, continue. No, we've been hiding a lot from each other this week. It's true. Um, it made the outline tough because I was like writing what we were going to talk about. And I was like, that that date that you won't tell me about. <laughs> I have been – the way I've been studying is I've been doing like three or so hours in the morning out of my apartment at a coffee space with Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. And I rotate among a couple different ones. A new one opened by me recently that is walkable, which is lovely. Great. So I went there. I purchased – I put in my order – and then they have a lot of outdoor seating that is very nice. And so I came out. I wasn't really paying attention to like the people that were already seated. I find a table to sit at. I put down some stuff that I would not worry about if it was stolen. <laughs> and then sort of like waited by – it's a cool space because they have that the indoor counter where you can pick up your drink. Uh-huh. But it's an L shape. So it also is like a windowsill. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So you can pick up your drink inside or outside no matter where you are. Anyway. So I come to stand by the outdoor place to pick up my drink and I'm texting. I'm absentmindedly looking around and out of the corner of my eye, I see the student. I'm 100%, not a shadow of doubt. He's wearing a t-shirt that we bought when we were together, like (laughs) together and yes, in the same store, not even in a relationship. And yeah, yeah, so I'm super positive and he's sitting with a girl Uh and yes, and I am pretty sure that he saw me when I came out and started looking for a table. That's my guess. 
Why do you think that? I affix my back to him, so I am purely facing the coffee shop. Uh-huh. And his name is called uh-huh. for his stuff. And he was always a very nice guy. He would never, like, he always wanted to carry groceries. He always wanted to, you know, he always wanted to sort of be useful. Sure. He and this girl, there were two drinks and they both had food. They call his name and she comes up. Oh. And carries all of it back because that person had to stand next to me for a second. Oh, interesting. So you didn't interact with him. So wait. So I think he sent her. That's my suspicion. And then I realized they're going to call out my name loud enough and my name ain't no hiding with my name. And also like, I don't care. We can talk. This is not a big deal. And so they call out my name. I reach for my drink. I turn around. I'm now perpendicular to how they are sitting. Uh And I say, name, funny seeing you. How are you? I walk up. He does not introduce me to the girl. So, which terrible play. You got to play that confidently. Yeah, you do. Because you also don't, you don't have to give that person an a noun associated with their name. Like you don't need to say this is totally. my girlfriend or this is my friend. You can literally just say this is Allie. Exactly. So I say, hi, I'm Rourke. Oh, and she introduces herself. And I'm like, great to meet you. And then he and I make some small talk. And I said, I'm going to go study. Have a great one. And I excused myself. Oh, yeah. He didn't play that well. Yeah. But I like, it's not a big deal. No. Anyway. It's not. So that was that. Well, I I had two womp womp interactions this week. Mm-hmm. So first, before I get to the date that I have been hiding from you, I heard from the dinosaur mm-hmm. and he ended things. I'm sorry to hear it. Yeah, but like, as we know, I wasn't over the moon about him. Right. I was like doing the go on a second date thing. But basically he said that... so. I don't remember if I said this last week, but I was his first date post-pandemic. And as we've talked about, that can be really overwhelming. Yeah, totally. So he basically said that he didn't realize that he wasn't really ready to be out on the dating scene yet. And it he actually said it makes him sad because I seem really great. But he didn't feel like it would be fair to spend more time with me when he's not really in that place. A graceful exit. For the dinosaur. Right. Which surprises no one. He has been graceful this entire time. He's a great communicator. And I I appreciate that about him. I know that this, you know, this was not the be all end all, but seems like a great guy and exited in a great way. Yes. And PSA, we are not saying that he is the greatest man on the planet for being a good communicator. We are just noting that he has a good attribute. I've built a shrine <laughs> because... No man has ever done this before, and <laughs> it needs to be worshipped every day so for those at the who, altar of the dinosaur. For those who missed the comment section of my of the clip that we posted of my conversation with the dinosaur that happened live while we were recording last week, people had feelings about, they basically thought that we were saying that he was amazing and we wanted to give him like... The Freedom Medal. What is that? Medal of Freedom. What's that medal that the president the gives? Purple heart, the no, Purple Heart. The Purple Heart. Well, that's for war. Yeah. Um, yeah. Presidential the, Medal yeah, yeah, of Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The Presidential yeah. Medal of Freedom. Because he listened and then followed up about something that I said. But like, can't we just appreciate when someone is nice? 100%. I, you and I talked about it later because I did a lot of 
when I saw those comments, I, I didn't think of it sort of fat. I didn't want to re-engage with these people that were being negative in the comments. So I didn't sort of bring this up. But something that you and I talked about after is it's just nice to go about the world noticing nice things. Totally and that can agree. be nice things other people can do. Or also I made the analogy of these people seem to not want to, they seem to want to say if something should happen, then we should not say it's a good thing. And so I said, I like to walk outside and say, fuck that sunset. Sunsets every day. That's what the sun should do. That's its job. So fuck it. It's not pretty. I don't care. And it's just ridiculous. Exactly. So, although PSA for anybody who would like to engage in the comments, comments help me. So, oh, okay. Eng- Should I fan the flames? Engage away. <laughs> engage away. Um, okay. One of the people actually blocked me, not because of something I said, but well, maybe who knows? But like, I think it was because of some other people who were being very supportive. But yes, PSA. That's that is why I reply to trolls for the most part. It's because it, it helps me. Um, so that was the dinosaur. What is it? All all press is good press. Exactly. Just all comments right. are good comments. Um, so then the other piece of my week was I went on a first date on Thursday. We took a walk in Prospect Park. Um, we had some beer. And I knew within 10 seconds of talking to him that he was not my guy. Oh, that's so quick. Yeah. He had – honestly, he was annoying. Yikes. So like the way that he talked, so I would say, and this transpired throughout the hour that we were together, but like I would say something like, so he asked me what my hobbies were. I told him I like to play volleyball and he he would say, volleyball, exactly like that. Oh, no. Every single- That's like announcer voice. Yes. Every single thing. He replied that way. That's also so hard because you're either going to find that endearing or not. And it's not like he's- shy at first meeting and comes out of his shell. Like no. this is just his shtick. Yes. It was and it felt like a shtick. That was that was the thing. And it didn't feel like a nervous shtick because like I think I'm pretty good at picking up on that. Like if someone's just mm-hmm. nervous, I truly just think that's how he talks and it's just in no way compatible. There's there was some other stuff that we kind of like talked about where I don't think our like lifestyles are that compatible anyway, but even beyond that, I could not get over that verbal style. Uh, completely understandable. That is wild. Yeah. So we walked around for an hour. We had like finished our beers. I brought four beers so that we could each have two. I had said that I would bring them before anybody comes for him for not bringing anything. He was coming straight from work. I offered. Um, And so when we finished the first one, I very quickly made a like, well, I should get going. Like, actually, this is kind of like near the exit where I go home. Perfect. And peeled off. And I think it was, I haven't heard from him. Um, and so I think maybe he feels the same way that we're not compatible. Maybe he got the right vibe from me that I was not interested. Either way, we've both a beautiful mutual opt out. Exactly. Okay. So I do have a phone throwing moment. Yes. You've hidden it. I've hidden it from you. Um, I texted you the minute it happened because I was in a cold sweat. Oh God. So I... And now this this follower of mine is going to know that this happened because this it it's going to be obvious to her. But a, a follower DM'd me. I don't remember about what. We were like going back and forth a couple times. And then I, as one is wont to do when one can't handle technology, I accidentally video called her. Oh my God. However, I was not wearing a shirt. <gasps> Stop. Stop right now. So she... 
she think everything didn't pick up before I noticed that I was video calling her while topless. Wow. <laughs> that is, that is, that is now the platonic ideal of a phone throwing. <laughs> that is insane. Wow. You like, that's like, that's a crime, frankly. I- <laughs> that's a crime. It would have been. It would have been an unsolicited nude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I looked down at my phone. I was just holding my phone. Like, I obviously didn't know I was – I wasn't even talking to her anymore. I just looked down at my phone and, like, there I am naked calling this person. Unbelievable, Allie. I am – so. If you were the follower whom I accidentally video called and then said, oh my God, so sorry, haha, please know that I was absolutely dying because you would have seen my boobs had you picked up. That's incredible. Oh my God. So that's my event of the week. Truly. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, anything for you? <laughs> yeah. I do have one as well, actually. So- okay. If you recall the downtown man. I do recall. Yes. So a girlfriend and I um, were hanging out and she had not listened to the podcast yet, but wanted, she said, I remember you posted this screenshot to your story. Like what happened there? Mm-hmm. And I was driving and I said, just take my phone and like, look, you can read it. And so she like opened the text thread and read through it. And we were talking about it. I'm concerned. She is not guilty here. This is all okay. me. <laughs> she was fine. So then I, I forget that I've done that. And you know how when you go into text, it defaults to the most recent one you oh, had open? Yep. I've, I have fallen, fallen victim to that many a time. Yeah. So I sent him just arrived parking. <laughs> yeah. So it could have been worse. He didn't respond. It could have it could have been worse. Um, do you think that he thought that you did that on purpose to bait him? I don't know. If he does, he can. I I don't. I can't care. No, you can't. You're right. Yeah, you know it. And it was a truly honest mistake. And. You know, maybe he's, um, as we say, he's on a podcast somewhere saying, like, this girl totally wants me. Who knows? Perhaps. <laughs> it sounds like the the I've seen a lot of toxic advice on TikTok telling mostly women it's directed at telling women to text the guy that they're casually seeing something like, OK, I'll see you at the restaurant at seven. Oops, wrong person. Yes, I've seen that. And then I've also seen this one's actually a little bit funnier. Like if a guy cancels on you last minute to say, like, oh, thank God he canceled. Now like we can like go out or yes. like, something like that. Yes. And just to be super clear, we are not condoning any of this advice. Um, but that is that is what it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Well, I'm accidentally toxic. <laughs> You're <laughs> I love that you had a phone throwing moment because I, I, I have far too many to you. The ratio is not good. It's true. You have a bad ratio. And so I'll, I'll try and like get a little wild in these I, next few weeks. I appreciate that. Um, although I'm currently maintaining eight Bumble conversations. So my odds of You're right something, for one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The odds of something going awry are very high for me right now. 
But this week's Weird or Not. Great. So this week we have a totally random Weird or Not that we've been thinking about for a while. And people also ask us about a lot anytime we kind of have listener questions. And that is they ask you out within the first couple messages on an app. Weird or Not. I think the literal first couple, if we are defining a couple as two, two. is weird. That is too fast. Um, I'm actually fine with the first message saying like, glad I caught you. Here's my number. You know, let's, I'm not on here. You know what? Like it's so much easier to text, whatever. I'm fine with a number exchange in the first two, but a literal ask out in the first two is weird. It's what I voted. And I'm going to say it is... 60 weird, 40, not weird, nah. It is actually the opposite, nearly. Wow. It is 35 weird and 65 nah. I could not be getting further away. You're fully wrong. (laughs) Um, Most people thought it was totally fine. Most people said something along the lines of, aren't we here to go on a date? Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I also think, and and so... Honestly, everybody who said nah said something along those lines of yeah. like, well, I want to go out with you. That's why I swiped right on you or I matched with you, whatever. So like, yeah, we're going to go out. The people who said weird mostly said, I don't know enough about you yet. Yes. It's too soon. Um, also, many people thought that somebody who asks you out that quickly is likely looking for something casual or physical. Interesting. That's a connection that I I wouldn't that's actually not the connection that I made, even though I said weird, but I, I I could see that. Yeah. And I do think there's there's a big difference between somebody who asks you on a date in the future mm. in one of the first two messages is a very different look than somebody who's like, What are you doing tonight? Totally. Yes. Didn't you come across a profile where it was like looking for someone on Tuesday? Like it was very yes. specific and you were like, Is this a joke? Yes, it said like I'm looking for a date on like what this was a couple months ago, yeah. like on like Tuesday, April 24th or whatever the date was. I'm like, does he change this every day? What how, what is this? Yeah, it was very odd. Yeah. Um Also, by the so, way, I would like to integrate um some sound effects into my success rate here and like this is this is the result of this one. <laughs> That's my performance. Are you not going to try to do that yourself like you did with the DJ Airhorn? I decided to go with the mechanical. Because you do the air horn so well. Should I, I try it? Imagine how you are with a tuba. Okay. Wah, 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 wah. Crushed it. <laughs> no more artificial sound effects. Carnegie Hall, baby. Let's go. You're doing your own effects from now on. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so the other thing that I think, the reason that I don't think it's weird is because my opener is talks about us being on a date. Very good point. So like the first thing that I say to somebody, typically, unless there's something like super exciting in their profile, the first thing that I say to somebody after the big question hook is, we're out to dinner. What shared appetizer are you lobbying for? And so I actually really appreciate it when somebody comes back and says, I want this and let's go get it. There we go. Or something like that. So like for me, like because I started the conversation that way, I feel like it's fine. I'm being converted. Great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if they just say, hey, or you say, hey, and then it's like, hey, how are you? How are you? And then they ask you out immediately. That, then it's like, okay, we have really nothing to go on here. Yeah. And it it makes a lot of the stuff that we talked about for a first date difficult where, you know, 
it makes it impossible to review the chat to kind of start a conversation. You're really starting from nothing. Right. And I, I don't need to know that much about you before we go out. In fact, I don't actually want to know all that much because as we talked about, we don't want to build it up. But I need to know that we're going to be able to have a little bit of a back and forth. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So I think I'm coming out on this being like a conditional not weird. Okay. Potential to be weird. So we've convinced you a little bit. I like it. A little bit. Yeah. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Loft for another live podcast Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are, I think, over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets. If you want to come experience some magic live, we want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week. It is my birthday that week, so and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrheight.com slash live to find an easy link, also in our bios, to get those tickets. And we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area. Yeah. So make sure you come. DC Comedy Loft, Thursday, March 21st. And if you want to check out some stand-up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand-up shows. Start swiping on Hinge. Bring a date. Have a good time. And you'll, you can come and meet Allie's mom, which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that. A few of you reached out to us about, hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join. Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at findingmrheight.com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited to be there with our moms and with you. Yep. Next October, October 4th through 10th. Check it out. Come travel with us too. Well, with that, let's get into our conversation with Ariella. Let's go. We're back with Ariella. Ariella, we are so excited to welcome you to the pod. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So as we mentioned in our intro, Ariella is a queer dating coach, and we are just absolutely thrilled to have you here. We have been, as I mentioned, we've been getting questions about how we sort of address this the queer community and dating this whole time we've been having a podcast, and we've been trying to figure out how do we do that. And mm-hmm. then I came across you on Instagram. And actually, one of my followers suggested you to me on Instagram. So fun. Thank you, you yeah. follower. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had asked. Yeah, I love how... Oh, go ahead, Brooke. I was going to say, I just love how social media has been able to create connections like this. Because although social media can be bad for a lot of things, I think it's great for things like this. Totally. Yes, absolutely. First, um, we want to make sure that we're getting our terminology right here as we as we have this conversation. So how do you like to refer to your own sexuality so that we're getting it right in this conversation? And how do you like to refer to, I know your handle is at Queer Dating Coach, so that gives us a little bit of a hint. Um, <laughs> a little but bit. We would love to hear more about that from you. Yes, I identify as queer. Um, queer can also be the umbrella term for the whole LGBTQIA plus community. Sometimes people still identify as queer as the umbrella, but don't identify as queer as their sexuality label. Sometimes people don't identify okay. with queer at all. Um, but it's generally the, the the more accurate way is to say LGBTQIA plus, but queer is kind of like the shorthand for the LGBTQ plus community. Got it. And we talked right. about this before we hit record, but your pronouns are she and her, right? Yeah. 
Awesome. Ours are as well. I love that you, first of all, were able to get queer dating coach as a handle on Instagram. That feels like something that should have been taken. Congrats. (laughs) I agree. It was so weird. Even when I was starting the business, I was like, should I take it? It's so obvious. And then I was like, wait, (laughs) I that's I think, why. Yes. <laughs> like, I that's think why you that's should take it. Why we take it. But I was like, I should have a catchy name. Like, that's just what I am and what I do. And then, um, no, I got it. And I'm so glad that I did because now it feels very on brand. <laughs> but um, I was a little like, ah, it's so on the nose. <laughs> Has anybody tried to buy it from you? Hell no. I tell them to back the fuck off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Um, yeah, my name is unfortunately a like an outdoorsy clothing brand, and so I don't think I'll ever get Rourke. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. That it's makes okay. sense. I mean, I'm okay. certainly not getting Allie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, I hear that. Uh, uh, but yeah, this is very us to be far afield. In We're the first so far five afield. Minutes of a conversation <laughs> very on brand. We're like, let's talk about LGBT dating. And then we're like, by the way, your Instagram handle. Okay. But like, how yeah. much money do no, they no, go no. for now that you mention it? <laughs> oh, I mean, depending. Whatever. Okay, this is no. Okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> but so, no, your, your handle is obviously, as you just said, queer dating coach. It's what you do. Yes. And so tell our listeners a little bit about the services or the engagement that you have with the queer dating community and sort of like what you do as the queer dating coach. Yeah. So basically what I do is evolved from what it came out of what I was seeing done and what I wanted to do differently. So when mm-hmm. I was looking into dating coaching, um, I noticed a lot of it was super gendered and heteronormative and there just wasn't a lot out there for people like us for queer and or trans folks so what I'm doing is trying to really take down a lot of the structures and tease out a lot of uh, what exists in the world so that we can have dating advice that is gender free that's based on personal values and where we can really treat people Um, in a way that feels aligned for us instead of in a way where we're conforming to the kind of roles and norms that we were taught to conform to. So that's, that's like what I do in a broad sense. In the, Mm -hmm. on like the, the logistics side of that, um, I work with folks one-on-one, but right now, primarily I'm running a course called Date Better Bootcamp, which is basically everything that you would need to know in order to learn how to date or how to date better Um, And it's a four-week intensive with video modules and group coaching. Um, So that's where I've really been, you know, getting my hands on multiple people at one time, which is also really nice because then people are really learning from each other. That's awesome. That's really cool. And you just launched it, right? Yeah, I launched it. um, We just finished – today is Monday. So we we just finished week one in the program um, out of the four weeks, and I launched it a couple weeks prior to that, and it went went fairly quickly. It was – it was a really wild process. I had never launched a group program before. Um, so it's been a lot of work, but very rewarding. And it's really fun to see people engage with each other and be like, wow, I learned so much from reading that thread between you two. Like, thank you for sharing them, for posting that for us to see. So that part's a really a beautiful benefit from group coaching as opposed to one-on-one coaching. Yeah, that's amazing. And congratulations on your on your launch. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I know you both of you can relate to how much work and investment goes into that type of stuff. I know. Yeah. That's why I was like, wait, how much is the handle before I knock it? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I I love what you said about seeing what was out there and trying to think how you would change it mm-hmm. because that's a similar mindset in a very different niche, but a similar yeah. mindset to the one I had when I thought, you know, I think I want to get into dating coaching is because mm-hmm. I was seeing a lot of, to your point, like heteronormative advice, but also yeah. even more specific than that, like heteronormative sexist advice. Yeah. Misogynists, really, really intense, really intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like coming from female dating coaches also. Yeah. And stuff that was just very negative is like a lot of what I was seeing out there. And mm-hmm. I wanted to provide a really positive but also practical space because yeah. I feel like I feel like within dating coaching, there's there's the positive like, it'll be great and what's meant to be will be. And like, mm-hmm. that's not helpful. Totally. And then on the other – yeah. And on the other Highly side Highly actionable, that, what happens, happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so actionable. But then on the other side of that, it's – you know, super negative and, you know, cynical. Based in manipulation tactics. Yes, exactly. Really scary. It's really scary that that is actually um, branded as dating advice. Yes. Terrifying. And, you know, and so many people have just been drinking this Kool-Aid for so long and we've been socialized in this way to the point where now I'll post a text script about how to, you know, tell someone you don't want to go on another date with them. And people will comment and say, I'd rather be ghosted. Mm-hmm. Like, how have we gotten here? Yeah, totally. Totally. How is transparent communication not preferable? I, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Ariella, I, I, we're actually sort of like touching on the theme right now where, you know, we recently had um, Logan Yuri on the podcast mm-hmm. and – one of the things she says in the forward of her book is about how a lot of research shows there's a huge Venn diagram in queer dating and straight dating, that a lot of us are dealing with really similar issues, just like emotional availability, mature communication, like interacting with other people is a universal experience. And yet I'm sure that those of us who are like women who date men or men who date women have huge blind spots to certain things that affect the queer community that I just can't even think of. What are some things that you would like straight people to know about like queer dating where either we could be a better friend, a better ally, or just anything kind of comes to mind? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, there, a lot of the struggles are really the same. I'd say like, sometimes people are like, but what's the difference? Like you must, there must be a huge difference because you're a queer dating coach. And I'm like, no, it's just a lot of your advice doesn't work for us. A lot of my advice works for everybody. (laughs) So it's, it's really just a matter of kind of like breaking open, like figuring out different solutions for the same problems um, and Mm -hmm. more expansive solutions. So the, the only thing, the only thing that really comes up when folks ask me this is like, Sometimes when two women are on a date, they can have trouble figuring out like who should make the first move. You know, sometimes that comes mm. up with anybody of any any gender, you know, and sometimes that comes totally. up in heteronormative dating too. I just think the difference is um, even in, in straight dating, you understand the system you're operating in, even if you're breaking the system. You're like, even if you're like, mm. okay, I'm paying. Like, and you're out with a guy and you're a woman, whatever. You're like, I know I'm saying fuck it because I'm paying. Where in in queer dating, you're not operating within a structure quite as much. So there's just a little more that might have a question mark on it, which I think allows for a lot of nuance and creativity and fun and conversation. Um, But I'd say that's kind of the main difference is like 
a question mark versus boxes and what's what we're dealing with with question mark what we're dealing with the boxes kind of the same issues and we just kind of need to handle them a little bit differently yeah that's such a great framework that that feels like a light bulb moment for me that's really cool I totally agree because we've talked about this before, not related to dating really, but we are both people who enjoy understanding what the structure is in a situation. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's a major light bulb moment for me too, where like I I get very uncomfortable. Like let's say we've talked about being in a foreign country Mm -hmm. and I don't speak the language and I don't understand what their laws are. And I'm not sure how to operate because I, I don't understand. Yes makes me extremely uncomfortable. Yes. So that experience, super common, even as it relates to queer dating. And a lot of people will come to me because they're like, I'm new to queer dating. I feel like everyone has the map and I don't. So there are still things to be taught, but it's still um, mainly regular dating, like like traditional. Okay. I don't want to say any of those words. It's mainly... Dating that deals with how to deal with other people and how to understand your own emotions. And then there are some extra things that you might deal with as a queer person um, that we get into, but it's more about the support of a queer person, the camaraderie of fellow queer people than Mm -hmm. anything that's like, oh, our map is totally different. I'm just like, I'm going to help you support you while you figure out your map because we don't have so many maps around here, you know? So that's kind of more of the vibe than like, here's exactly how it goes around these parts, fall in line and you'll be great. You know what I mean? Right. Like we've been keeping this from you and now you may have it. Yeah. I'm like, there is no map. (laughs) Everyone's making it up, but some of us have been making it up a little longer and we can help you through it and you can be supported in the process and um, you can know that you're not alone, but it's not, I don't, I don't have a, there is no rule book that I'm teaching you. I'm teaching you how to understand yourself and how to express it so people can receive what it is that you have to say and so that you can find dates and relationships that feel in alignment for you. Speaking of being new to queer dating, I reached out to a couple girlfriends of mine who are gay to get some questions for you. And we also reached out to our Instagram followers. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones a friend of mine brought up is that she has noticed on the apps since COVID a ton more women expressing by curiosity mm-hmm. or an openness to dating other women. And she was wondering if you've seen any other changes in COVID and as sort of like the part B question to that, if somebody is sort of starting to recognize some same-sex attraction, how do they kind of honor that and explore that? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um to the first part of like, have I recognized any other big themes? I would say just in general, like COVID was such an introspective time for a lot of us. So like on a personal level, I see a lot of friends moving through gender journeys, sexuality journeys, but more than that, like life journeys, career journeys, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's not necessarily anything else I'd say like dating wise that I'm like, wow, this is so different. Um, It feels like we've all just kind of went through the ringer and are figuring out how we want to put ourselves back together. And that might look a little different than it did before. I'd say though, that maybe one thing that is changing too is people's um, willingness to investigate their own biases. I'd say maybe that's Mm. a slight difference too. And something that feels really important and great that has come out of this time is like a lot more awareness and, um, Mm. 
awareness of privilege and awareness of biases and um, yeah, maybe more of an openness to, to look at where that comes from, to examine social structures, to examine systems of oppression and figure out how they want to move forward in a way that's more aligned for them in a way that supports what they believe and what they're learning. I'd say maybe that's like my answer to part one. Yeah. Part two of if you're someone that wants to, that has noticed same-sex attraction, who wants to explore that, or who, who has noticed queer attraction, I should say, um, who wants to explore that, I think <laughs> this might be controversial, but I think it's okay to start dating. I think it's okay to learn yeah. by doing and to go out with people. And I think a lot of queer folks, especially if they're new to being queer, have a fear that they are going to be using someone else as an experiment and it's a really understandable fear. It, it's a really understandable thought that one might have of like, I want to really mm-hmm. treat this person with care. I don't want them to feel experimented on or anything like that. And I think that that comes from the trope of like straight girls making out with their queer friends and then leading them on and being like, but I'm straight, but I'm straight. If you're not doing that, like if you're like, yeah, I'm queer. I know something's different. Like I'm trying to figure that out. Let's hang out. Like, I think it's okay. Or you can keep it to yourself. But I think that if you are someone, if you know you're queer and you're not experimenting and you're exploring, it's different. You can you can mm-hmm. figure out what you like and who makes you feel the way that you want to feel or who you feel the way you want to feel around because no one can make us feel right. anything. You can, you can find that out and get more information by actually going on dates with people and being like, hmm, how do I feel? What does it mean? They kind of did it for me. And it might be totally unrelated to what the person looks like. And you might totally surprise yourself with who you wind up feeling attraction around. Um, so I'd say it's okay to, to focus on exploring and not worry about experimenting because you're you're on the journey in earnest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably where a lot of that communication comes in too, right? In terms of where you're on that on with that journey. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that it's like largely up to the folks that are on that journey to disclose or not disclose where they're at. Right. I think it's like really based on your own preference, comfort, uh, what feels important and what feels like will help you be present. Um, instead of like, if you're being just, if you're feeling distracted, like, I can't stop thinking about the fact that this is the first woman I've ever sat across, like while getting a drink, like I am so not here and I'm just totally in my head about it. It might feel better. It might make you be able to be more present by sharing that. But I don't think that you, as it relates to things from your past, you need to disclose to a date at a certain time. I don't think that where you're at on your career journey is one of those things that has a definitive timeline. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot. Actually, the episode that aired on the day that we're recording this, which is about grieving while dating, mm-hmm. we talked about disclosing that and, you know, is there a right time? And yeah. we were saying something very similar that there, you know, you can be your authentic self without revealing everything about yourself. Absolutely. And I think that like, especially on first dates, like you don't need to reveal like the depths of your soul. And if you noticed something is tender for the other person, you also don't need to get them to reveal the depths of their soul because you don't know how long you're going to stick around or what the nature of your relationship is going to be like. So why poke on a bruise if then you're not going to help put a bandaid on, you know, like, we can, we can allow these things to exist where we can meet people and engage and notice something might be tricky and be like, I'm not going to press on that right now. Yeah. So on that note of, you know, people who might be exploring new feelings that have come up for them recently and kind of trying to figure out how to navigate that, 
we got a few listener questions from women who have primarily dated men, have mm-hmm. more recently, kind of like Rook was saying, realized that they want to explore, have already started exploring dating women, and and they're not sure how to navigate dating apps in that context, and if they should be trying different ones, or you know, how do they approach that? Do you come across that with your clients? Well, I'd say there's only a few queer specific dating apps at this point. So the dating app question in itself is like, I think you should be on the dating app that you like being on. (laughs) So if you like being on Hinge better than Bumble, you should be on Hinge. If you like being on Tinder, then you should be on Tinder. Um, So it's not very um, like, okay, now all the queer people will move into this corner of the world. Um, It's kind of like be where you want to be with the exception that if you are a queer woman or a non-binary person or a trans person, there's also a lap called a lap, an app called Lex. I combine the words in my head. Lex, L-E-X, um, which is kind of a queer personal ads app where people post for like friendships or really particular sex kinks or like I have a room opening up in my apartment or let's all meet at the beach. It's kind of this like queer catch-all primarily in big cities. So if you're if you're in the middle of the country, it's it's kind of more spread out. I was checking it as I was traveling across the country during COVID, and there's some places where it's like, okay, it's not really used. But if you're new, if you're in New York, especially right now, it is like popping off every day. Um, so there's a specific app for that. But beyond that, if you find yourself defaulting to heteronormativity, if you find yourself like you're on the app and maybe you have men and women now checked since you usually have to check a binary gender on dating apps. Yeah. If you are curious to give more intention towards queer dating, you can also remove the men for a bit and see how that feels. I know when I, I had defaulted to heteronormativity for years and years. And when I started dating in a queer way, I was like, I am only going to date queer people and I'm going to see how that goes because I think Mm -hmm. it's time that I like do this for real. So that was kind of just my intention. I was just like, I'm not looking to be set up with with cis straight guys. And I took it from there. So I think it's okay to be like, I'm going to do a little experiment for myself where I eliminate the people I'm I'm trying to not focus on so that I can focus on more of the people I want to focus on. I really like that. that. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy. With the dating apps, as far as like gender inclusivity, that's just where it gets tricky. Like if sure, if you are a woman and then you start realizing, okay, like I have same, I, I want to be dating in a queer way there are apps that are absolutely for you. And if you're someone who throughout this time has realized like, I might not fall into a binary gender category, apps are trickier. And um, a lot of them still make you choose a binary gender to show up in the deck as when you sign up. Um, The exceptions being like, okay, Cupid and field and Lex and her are kind of like the ones that don't make you do that. But by and large, a lot of like, a lot of the ways dating apps go are still, things that might not feel good to you from the get-go. So you need to pay attention to that and take care of yourself and do things that feel feel good and right to you because it might not be as, as straightforward. Yeah, you mentioned the success of Lex in big cities and that dovetails really nicely into a question we got. And even like I, I mentioned my girlfriends already in LA, some of them talk about like swiping through the whole day. Hinge or Bumble in LA. Yeah. And so we got a question about like, what do you recommend for people who are in smaller places with smaller populations that aren't going to necessarily have the same queer dating pool? Yes. Um, that's a great question. 
So I basically think about meeting people in four different categories, which I can share. So for the folks in LA, for example, if you've gotten through the deck, um, and if you're like every single person that I have messaged with is an absolute fail and this is not good, or if you're like, I fell off and now I want to message that person again, do it. But dating apps are still only one out of like four ways I think about meeting people. So the, you want me to tell you the four ways that I think yeah. about Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Now that I, I, I want to know the other one. Now that I gave you them. that cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> so basically, it's um, the first one, dating apps, online, Instagram, whatever. The virtual, the virtual like, appy space. The mm-hmm. second one is what I call conscious communities. Not conscious spiritual, conscious, like, I know, I'm here. Like, so that could be work if that's not a boundary for you. That could be um, like a volunteer work or a book club or a class that you take um, where you show up like in community with people that are usually doing the same thing. The third one is friends of friends. So that's your wider network. You're like, oh, I want to tell you about this person or I'm looking for someone like this. Do you know anybody? Um, So that's your wider network. And then the fourth one is total strangers, people you see on the literal street. Um, that's kind of like all the ways that I think about meeting people. So if one of them doesn't work for you or your location, or you swipe through every single person there is in LA, good for you. Um, you can turn the volume down on that quadrant, turn the volume up on a different quadrant. I love that. Rourke is on a mission right now regarding quadrant four, total strangers. strangers? And my heart literally goes pitter patter just thinking about it. I did it on Saturday. Wait, you tell did. me more. I, I am a quadrant four is my favorite quadrant. So I'm totally with you. Wait, you've been hiding this from me. I We didn't have a lot of time for updates. <laughs> I edited that one out. Um, yeah, I asked I, – I was at a friend's birthday slash belated bachelorette party. She's now planned – this is her third wedding um, just because of COVID cancels. Oh, okay. Not her I was like, man. oh, this yeah. is yeah, fast. Okay. You yeah, look yeah. young. No. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> and um, – so I asked a guy out at a bar. He lives in Canada. So the first oh. one is not a success. <laughs> but it was great just to like turn up the volume. I, I tried it. I put myself out there. It was scary and it was fine. What did you say? Nice, yeah, what did you do? How, what was the approach like? So the problem is things aren't yet, I think, in COVID mixing and mingling. Eh. So we were seated at a table and he and some other guy for, guys were at the bar. And so I would have had to very boldly get up from the table, talk to, and I wasn't, that just felt like a lot to me. <laughs> and these other girls moved in because <gasps> it was a cute group. And so I was like, all is lost. And then when we left, I wrote on a napkin, just my name and my number. And I touched him on the shoulder and I said, I didn't want to interrupt but I think you're super cute and, and um, like, you can give me a call. And he was like, wait, 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 what's your name? And he, like, he was not, he was like, great, let's, let's talk to you instead. Oh and so God. we actually chatted for a minute and I was like, no, I really got to go. Like we were leaving. And, um, but yeah, so Canada. I Canada. love that. I love Thank that. You. I think it's great. I have done the phone number napkin pass several times in my life, including when I was 16, I gave my phone number crumbled up on a napkin to this guy who worked at my local grocery store, who it turned out was 25. Okay. I read it completely wrong. I thought he was my age. I am worried about doing the opposite, to be honest. (laughs) Like, I am like, as I get older, I'm like, figuring out someone's age is becoming harder and harder. And it is, I am like so worried about handing someone something in that way or going to talk to someone and being like, Oh my, I didn't know 
that I'm not afraid of like them being under 18. I'm just afraid of them being like a ripe 20. And being yep. like, oh, oh God, I'm so sorry. I don't know how to back. <laughs> like, I don't how know to how, to, like, how, how, to, <laughs> I don't how like, to rewind the tape. I was like, oh, you graduated this year. Like I need to go. Yeah. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. I think that that's great though. I'm trying to think if I ever did. I, I used to ask out strangers a lot. Um, that was really like my MO, but I, I'm, I can't remember if I ever did a napkin. I don't think I've ever done a napkin thing. I've, I've, I've been the recipient of, of a napkin here and there. Oh, look at you. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. I think that that's brave and amazing work that you did that. Thank you. Um, but that actually takes us to a listener question, which is how do you recommend in a, like in a queer way to approach somebody where just like statistically my odds of giving my number to a heteronormative man are a lot higher than if I was like hoping for a queer person. Yes. And so like, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. I want to just like, so we're not approaching them in a queer way, but I totally understand what you're saying. Like you want to yeah, make sure you're I'm approaching. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. I'm just, for, for clarity of the question, I was like, what is a queer way? We should. Yeah, no, no, we thank you, thank you. Um, Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw glitter at your face and then ask you out. Um, yes. So Wait, can I do that? I'd love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that'd be very on brand for Allie. <laughs> it would be so on brand. Okay. Sorry. Continue. That's so funny. I, I totally. So the question is like, how do I know if someone's queer when I want to approach them? Is, is that question. Yes. And how, and sort of how do you work up the courage to potentially like, obviously rejection comes no matter what your preferences, like yeah. sexual orientation or preferences are. But, um, but like I said, I'm not, I am less likely to be rejected because the person because is saying sexuality. that like, I don't want what you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I totally hear that. Um, it's a, it's a great question. I, this, this has come up a lot in my coaching as well. So I, I, I did write an ebook about this a couple of months ago. So it's like how to tell if someone's queer and how to connect with them regardless. <laughs> um, because sometimes you really won't know um, until yeah. you ask. Most of the time, I wouldn't say most of the time, sometimes you don't know. There is like a queer look, like I'm putting in air quotes with people listening uh, to the podcast. But so sometimes those are like really recognizable flags essentially to to realize if someone's queer and there's there's like a real history to that where like when queerness used to be outlawed or when queerness used to be um criminalized and pathologized where it was seen as mental illness it would be a real question of like how do we find each other how do we find community and this is back from like all the way from the i mean in the 1800s people were finding each other in this way um, oh, yeah. to like the term flagging more comes, I think from the seventies, which is like when gay men would put um, like handkerchiefs, different colored handkerchiefs in their back pocket to signal what they, what they wanted. So that's kind of like where flagging comes from. So there is, there are kind of like queer telltale signs that someone might be queer, but they're also really exclusive to, ex- to just look for those it tends to be like femphobic and ableist where like if you're talking about the way someone sits or how deep someone's voice is um, related to their gender, like there are a lot of holes, there are a lot of gaps in what it is we might be looking for. But I'd say even as a queer person, to familiarize yourself with who might be queer. So that might mean like making like making more queer friends and having them kind of show you who they think might be queer as far as strangers or like Sometimes I'll talk through some of that with folks, but it is, um, 
it's touchier and it's not, uh, and it is exclusive. So I like to be really clear about that. So I think the easiest way to tell not is to not try to tell if someone is queer, but to try to tell if someone's interested in engaging with you. So mm-hmm. that's a great distinction. Then we don't need to worry about like me watching you from afar and being like, oh, well, her fingernails are cut, and, oh, but she's crossing her legs and whatever it is, um, or she's holding her friend's hand, like any of that. It's it's easier to just approach someone and then sense, are they interested in having an exchange with me um, or are they not? At the same time, if you... I mean, this kind of depends on safety, but I'm, I, there was a world in which people still could do a napkin thing like you did. If you're going to give it to someone who's really big in size and is uh, like really muscular and that that person might be offended if you think that they're queer. Like, I think that that's something to be careful for Yeah. based on how folks might've been socialized. But I think it's also okay to, you know, write on the napkin, like, might not be your jam. This is awkward. <laughs> uh, just throw this out then, you know, like, whatever it is, like, we can still acknowledge the the humanity in it, too. But I think the real thing is to just focus on, like, does it seem like this person is picking up what I'm putting down? And if not, I'm respectful and I walk away. Yeah, which totally. I think is fantastic advice for anyone of any orientation approaching yes. someone ever. I agree. Absolutely. I completely agree. <laughs> The number of times that I have very clearly not been open to what someone is putting down. Yes. We're not taught really what to look for as far as whether someone's genuinely interested or not. And I think that the way that women have been socialized to behave can sometimes telegraph interest when really it's discomfort um, Mm -hmm. or like trying to be polite and not shut someone down um, or make them feel bad when in reality, like, if anyone was taught how to actually read nonverbal communication in that way, you'd be able to see that my laughter with my closed arms and my like squinting my eyes, like might, might, you might be able to understand that that is, I'm not interested or what, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like this missing uh, education gap of, of what we can look for in other folks. And there are, there are classes to take in that and there are resources out there. Um, I just took a great non nonverbal consent class, which if you have trouble understanding whether someone's picking up what you're putting down, a class like that can really help. Mm. Actually, at my elementary school, I think they might not teach it anymore, which is odd because it was sort of like before its time. And so if anything, it should happen now. But it was a mandatory period of school. We had communication class. And a lot of it was like body language, how to like, how to navigate like social scenes from as functional to like, here's how to firmly shake someone's hand or, you know, like, here's what it means when somebody is turned away from you and like their body language is like saying they're very closed off. Like, don't keep it like unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's really great. I think that we need more of that. Yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. And I think that that's super important too, I think, to think about when we were talking earlier about, you know, navigating for those of our listeners who are straight and thinking about, you know, how to navigate when they're with their queer friends or when they're kind of like trying to be supportive, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think we often come from that heteronormative lens that we don't even realize. Mm-hmm. So like a, a story that I'll tell is a close friend of mine 
she's bisexual and we were out together and this woman approached us and we were all talking and it took me about 15 minutes Mm -hmm. to realize that I was third wheeling in the conversation. (laughs) And I was like, I need to leave. I need to leave now. Yeah. Oh my God. So funny. But because I'm coming, like I realize, wow, I'm coming from this lens where this person is just a friendly friend. Totally. Yeah. That's a really important thing to recognize. Yeah. I'm like, sometimes I'll have code words with my friends for that purpose. <laughs> that's that's, that's super a smart. smart idea. I mean, I do that when I, you know, just in general with my friends as well of like, you know, help or uh-huh. hey, leave us alone. Leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Those are those are very discreet code words, Allie. Help and (laughs) leave. So subtle. Yeah, I'm very very subtle. That is my brand subtlety. (laughs) That's really funny. That's a great that's a great thing to notice. I I should. um, That's a really important. I guess like I don't I don't hear that perspective right because I am always talking to queer people. So that's not something I actually that comes up a lot. But that's a really interesting example for me to keep in mind for how straight folks can be better allies when it comes to like your friends out flirting, because I'm kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Like I usually go out with queer people. So that, that feels helpful. So I'm glad that you shared that. So I can be like, well, Ali said, (laughs) if you feel comfortable. (laughs) No. Oh yeah, absolutely. Please. And she and I like laughed about it later. She's like, yeah, I kept being like, when is this girl going to leave? Oh my God. (laughs) So funny. So funny. You're like, I am prepped next time. Next time you're going to leave way too soon. And she's going to be like, where are you going? (laughs) You leave me hanging the stranger. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to help you out. Totally. Oh my God. So funny. Yeah. That will probably happen. (laughs) Yes. Most likely. Um, well, one of the other things that I we wanted to talk to you about actually related to – so as I mentioned, my friend is bisexual and a lot of the questions that we got from our listeners were women who are bisexual and trying to navigate bi erasure and mm-hmm. how they can – especially if they primarily date men. I think a lot of listeners that wrote in are have been concerned about communicating that to – especially if they're dating cis men, cis straight men. And communicating that without being, you know, potentially fetishized or, mm-hmm. you know, all the things that are wrapped up in that. I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, totally. I I mean, bi fetishization is prominent. So I think it's a matter of like, yeah, you might be fetishized and then you'll realize that this person isn't for you or if they are really cool and you feel like they are approaching this with a growth mindset, um, you can teach them if you have the bandwidth. Or you can set up the conversation ahead of time to tell them how you hope it is that they respond to the information you want to give to them and hope that they fall in line in that way. Um, But I would say that if you are a bi person and you are dating cis straight guys, it's important that you are able to honor your identity if that's what's important to you. Um, So I would say like still, you know, participate in queer things, find queer friends because when we are in relationships like that, where there is biracial, um, it can feel really unsettling to not feel seen in our totality. Mm-hmm. So I would say just figure out how you will stay connected to community if you're in a monogamous relationship so that you know you're not erasing yourself. If, that's, if, that, if that feels important to you to have queer community in that way. Well, isn't that just the like perfect, I think sort of ethos of what we're getting at here, right? Is 
being connected to that community and especially for anybody in a relationship of maintaining that connection to who you are yes. in totality. Yes, totally. Yes, completely, completely agree. And it will help your relationship too. If you are connected to yourself and your friends and your interests outside of the relationship, which can be really hard, especially coming out of COVID because so much, if you were with a partner at that time, even me, I started dating someone during COVID and our lives like got super intertwined because there wasn't access mm. to a lot of other life and right. trying to undo the, the layers of that or to try to like invite our social circles back in, it can be a really difficult process. So um, it's important and be gentle with yourself because it is a really big transition that a lot of folks are trying to make at the same time right now. Yeah. Earlier in our in our recording when Rook and I did our updates, I went on a first date with a guy a couple of weeks ago and he texted me last week that he actually realized he wasn't ready to start dating post-COVID yet. I was his first date back out in the world and he mm-hmm. realized he wasn't ready for that yet. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. it's. I mean, we're going to come up against certain boundaries that we have that we didn't know that we had and all that is just a matter of like honoring what's true for us and trying to express it in the kindest way possible. But it's Yeah, I can imagine that that's, I mean, the first time I went out to eat, I was like, have I ever been a person before? Like, (laughs) I'm new to this body, to these conversations, you know, so it's, we're all, we're all adjusting. And I think the way that the world has opened back up so rapidly just makes us feel like we shouldn't need adjustment time. And it's not true. We do. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, do you, and maybe this is something you talk about that I just don't know, Allie, but do you, are you do you tell folks you're a dating coach and and like are you upfront about your business? How does that work for you? That's a great question. So it's not my full time job, mm-hmm. so I don't talk about it upfront like immediately. So per you se, have something because, else to talk about first. Yes, like okay. if someone says, "What do you do for work?" Like the thing that pays for the apartment I'm sitting in is mm-hmm. not dating coaching. Great. So like it is an authentic in my career for the last 15 years. So like, is it, is it, it is an authentic answer yes. to say that I am in corporate retail. It's like, that's what I've done for the last 15 years. Great. Uh-huh. But I do try to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm 15. No. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're good. Wow. I so rarely make dirty jokes that when I accidentally make one, my whole oh my God. body turns red. Okay. Perfect. Um, so in any case, I have been trying to mention it sooner. In mm-hmm. fact, I actually was about to post to my story and then I lost track of time. I told somebody on Bumble today mm-hmm. that I have a dating coaching business on the side. And he was like really excited about it, asked me a couple questions. And then he said – well, could you be my dating coach? Because there's this girl on Bumble named Allie who seems really nice. Oh, that's, wow. that's, 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 I think that's kind of cute. I loved it. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to say, I thought he was going to say, I thought it was going in a different direction. I thought it was going to, oh, can you be my dating coach? Because there's this girl named Jessica on Bumble who seems really nice. <laughs> so I was already, I was already rolling my eyes, but I, that's actually really cute. No, I'm like a major cheese per I love cheese. Um, so I uh-huh. thought that was really cute. But so I'm trying to inject it earlier. And work work, you talk about the podcast fairly early on in general, right? You've mentioned it. Yeah, I tend to like mention that I'm on a like I have a podcast with this friend of mine. And so I, I do tr- often mention it early because also like, you know, 
similarly, like this is, this is definitely not my job. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, but it is enough of a thing that I want to do where I want somebody to be okay with it. Yeah. And if they weren't, that's not a person that I can date, frankly. And so I think if I kind of mention it, mention the general content, and if they're like, that sounds so much fun, I love to do this creative thing. It's so cool that you found a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it becomes more sort of about that than like, are you going to talk about me on it? You know, right. then that gets a little weird. Totally. Yeah. I, I How have do you like, navigate that? It's, it's been, it's been interesting. I, at first my dating profiles during COVID were linked to my regular Instagram page, not my career dating coach mm-hmm. page, which tagged career dating coach. So now I, now I actually archived everything on my regular page. I'm not super active on Instagram on my regular page, but I archived everything related to dating coaching and removed it from my bio and say nothing about me as a dating coach. Because I'm finding that the inability to do any kind of separation is be, is becoming stressful. Where mm. if I want to meet someone, it's becoming the, one of the first things they find out about me. And that is feeling like you have so many questions, which is really fun. But it also adds this really weird pressure into our dynamic where then I feel like I need to show up as the perfect date. Which usually mm. I am anyway. But it's <laughs> just... <laughs> I just I'm more feeling some pressure and then the few times that um, someone has had the information or learns about the information only one time was it fine the other times it was not fine it was like either someone Mm. intentionally I mean there was a really weird instance where someone was intentionally trying to sabotage the date because she had the information and was like trying to fuck with me so that was like really messed up so that kind of what a, that's so messed yeah, up. Yeah, it was really, it was really, it was really fucked. So, so that kind of made me be like, oh, I'm not sure if people are privileged enough to have this information. Um, and then the other time, someone did kind of what you were talking about, but the way that I was thinking your situation was going to go. Where then on the date, she started to talk about someone else, and I was oh, like, oh no. Well, she was like, you should be my dating coach, and I was like, ooh, I have really firm boundaries. This is while we're out. I was like, oh, I have really firm boundaries around not date. I'm not coaching people that I've gone on dates with. So that can't happen. But like, we can always kind of like talk about things casually, whatever. Because um, I was passing through town for this date. So it wasn't like things were going to necessarily go anywhere with this person. Um, and then she started to like really unload about her ex and having feelings about her. And I was kind of like, ooh, I'm so sorry. This is awkward. And totally on me, I wasn't clearer. When I said that we can kind of talk about this casually, I actually did not mean when we're out together. When we're out together, I really want your attention to be just on me. So is there anything I could do to make this less awkward for you right now? Um, Because I don't want to be talking about your ex while we're out. And she was like, no. And then we just kind of had to sit with it and move through it. (laughs) Well, good for you for communicating and, and sticking to that boundary. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna like. I have one night out in this town. I'm not gonna coach you <laughs> on this work. situation with your ex. I hope we're having fun instead. Yeah, good for you. Well, thanks. No, I I struggle with stuff like that where I'll say like, oh no, I can't. You know, help like even with a friend. Like yeah. I can't help you do that right now. And then I'm like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> I know it's hard. <laughs> Boundaries are really tough. It's 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 really. Yeah. They're really tough. And sometimes it's easier with people you don't know. Sometimes it's harder. Um, But it is, it's definitely a skill to practice. It's really, it's, it's a really tough one. Yeah, totally. 
Well, Ariella, thank you so much. That was fast. <laughs> yeah. I we have like, we flew. I know. But I feel like we covered so much. Yeah, we did. I just like talking to you this too. This is amazing. Oh, in particular. I mean, you're, you're on the right, you're on the right. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the right in the right that. place for, uh, for talking on end. But um, let it, let our listeners know, you know, we, plugged you up at the front but where can they find you and yeah. we've been also saying your handle throughout the entire episode yeah just in yeah. case you missed it and you made it to the end of this episode yeah <laughs> my handle is at queer dating coach um yeah that's where you can find me um i'll be running another round of date better boot camp at some point in the near future if you're interested in getting on the priority invite list for that you can always send me a dm and let me know um but yeah that's that's where i'm at and queerdatingcoach.com if you want to check it out amazing yeah awesome thank you again thank you. for being here we really really enjoyed or i don't want to speak for work but i think i can say <laughs> that we really both enjoyed like i think work hated it but um i have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was my i give you permission to speak for me <laughs> thank you thank you well i speak for the pod when i say this was so fun yeah. and we really appreciate you coming on it's my total pleasure thanks for having me hello welcome nicole Thank you. Hey, girl. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I say this like I didn't meet you two seconds ago, but hi. Hi. It's an honor to be here. I've never been on a podcast, uh, so this is uh, very exciting for me. Well, we are very honored to be your first podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Um, Listeners, Nicole is a friend of mine, and um, we're going to talk to her about the LA dating scene as a gay woman and just talk to her about what that's like to be on the apps and um, sort of supplement the conversation that you just heard with um, Ariella, the queer dating coach, and sort of, you know, get the whole, run the whole gamut. Yeah. I don't know if my perspective will be indicative of everyone's perspective, but I'm sure it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to hear um, the different journeys that I've been on because um, the apps are not easy. And I'm sure you guys may have uh, had similar experiences. It's hard out there. Completely agreed. So Nicole, you're saying that you are not speaking for every single gay woman who's ever lived. That's... Why are you even here? What? Like, I know. Why have me on here? What, what good are you? <laughs> no, but no, I think we're we excited. Sorry, oh, I'll go, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say, I think that's like the point actually though, is that all of these experiences are so individualized. And one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on is because we wanted to give both the perspective of somebody who's in the professional dating coaching space, mm-hmm. but also somebody who's, you know, in the trenches, if you will. Oh, yes. I'm deep in the trenches. Let's get to it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about like what it's like to be on the apps, like from your perspective. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I feel like there are certain dating apps that now have um, a different like vibe that you're looking for, right? Like you have Tinder, you have Bumble, you have Hinge. And you do, there are a couple apps out there that are actually meant for um, the queer space. So I don't know if you guys have heard of le- these, but there's one called Lex. She um, told us about that. Yeah. yeah we just and learned. Then there's also one called Her, which caters strictly to, um, I want to say like the female community or um, the community that identifies as female. Um, but yeah, those those have been interesting to be on as well. I will say, I think the most luck I've had has been on Bumble and Hinge. But yeah, I'm on all of them. Swiping gets really tiring. I've had some success here and there. Um, but I think it's just hard because, um, I prefer to meet people in person 
And especially mm-hmm. with the pandemic, that's been hard this past year. But yeah, I've met some very interesting people on the apps. So what, when you were meeting people in person before, were you like approaching people? Were you like meeting people through like community in some way? Like Ariella had this great mm-hmm. framework of, she talked about four different quadrants of ways mm, to meet okay. people and how you can like turn up the volume on one or the other. And so she talked about um, meeting in like, total strangers she sort of differentiated between total strangers in person and then also like community groups and whether that be volunteering or a hobby Mm, or work or whatever so um before apps what were your kind of preferred ways I think it was a lot of uh, going out back in the days um (laughs) I I don't know how to explain it sometimes I would just meet people and sometimes you can pick up on a vibe if someone's you know like around you like looking at you um, and you know, once you've had a couple drinks in you, it's so much easier to just be like, okay, you know what, I'm just going to try this out, see if I was, you know, right or wrong on picking up this vibe and see if it goes anywhere. Um, but I think the past couple of times I've gone on dates, it's actually been, um, two of my best friends who are both queer and they're actually dating. Um, they set me up with a mutual friend, um, who is oh. bi and she's been having issues finding good dates out in LA. She recently moved here from um, Louisiana. Um, and then um, I did hit she on fi- a stranger. Wait, question for yes. you. Was she finding dates in Louisiana? No, she wasn't. Okay. Um, so she was not finding dates out there. She yeah. moved out here. The pandemic happened. And she's like, where do I go to meet, you know, like non-straight women? I've only been dating men. Like I want to date women. What? Where do I go? What do I do? And my friends were like, actually, she might be Nicole's type. So let's just set them up and see, see what, see what happens, how, how it, you know, it goes from there. And how did it go? <laughs> I was a, it was a friend's vibe kind of thing. Ah. She's a little younger. She's, she's about five or six years younger than me. And I think we're just at different points in our lives. That's great. That was like the, the third quadrant of Ariella's mm-hmm. was friends of friends. That was the one that we didn't yeah. mention. So yeah, Nicole, you're, you're, just- you're doing everything right. <laughs> this is incredible. Checking all the boxes. Well, okay. I'll tell you about, um, can I tell you about another story? Of course. Yeah. Okay. That's literally what we do. Yeah. Here. So um, I don't typically, well, I haven't in a while, uh, just hit on a complete stranger, like in a daylight setting. Um, (laughs) I don't know what that says about me. Um, But I was in San Francisco back in March visiting my best friend for her birthday. And she has a coffee shop, a neighborhood coffee shop just around the corner from her place. Nicole has the coolest friends. I just want to put this out there. (laughs) My friends are great. I'm very lucky to have the people that I have around me. Um, and Rourke is one of them. So I was going to say that was actually like a weird, like compliment I gave yeah, myself. I, 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 that's actually a good yeah, call pat out. yourself on the back. No, um, no, no. And, me excluded. And I had actually gone to visit her last September. And when I had gone in, I noticed that the barista was really cute. But this time when I went back in March, I actually saw the same barista again. And I said, look, I don't know when I'm going to be back. It's the pandemic. Like, I'm just going to shoot my shot. I'm literally leaving to go back to LA tomorrow. Why not? Mm-hmm. And so um, my friend and I had like chatted with her a little bit. We were just like, we were kind of vibing. And so before I was leaving to go back to LA, I told my friend, I was like, I I feel like I can't leave without doing something, saying oh, something yeah. to her. Oh my God, I love it. And so she goes, well, I can go back to the coffee shop. She was talking to the barista and the barista was like, oh yeah, you came in yesterday with your friend. She goes, actually, yeah, my friend Nicole thought you were really cute. And the barista went, 
oh, well, tell her to stop by again. Oh, and shit. So, yeah. So then my friend came back and told me, he was like, shoot, like, I need to go. I yes, this is like, it, that's a sign, right? You so have to go. I um, took a piece of paper. I wrote down my number on it. And then I said, on the other side, I said, hey, Catherine, I think you're really cute. Call or text me sometime. And I put my name, Nicole. And so I was so nervous waiting in line to go up to talk to her. I like, I'm not a not talkative person, but I was in line with my friends and I was completely silent. <laughs> and I had this piece of paper in my pocket. It was just like burning a hole in my pocket. Yeah. So when I picked up my coffee, I just slipped the piece of paper and I said, hey, Catherine, I'm going to leave this here for you. And she went, oh, thank you. And then that was it. And then I left. And, and, I was, you, and my then heart what? was pounding. What my what heart happened? was pounding. I was waiting all day for a text, but then it was end of day, nothing. And I just gave up. I was like, you know what? And my friends were so sweet. They're like, Nicole, maybe, maybe X, Y, Z happened. And that's why she couldn't get to it yet. I was like, look, maybe she's straight and she's just really flattered. And you know what? We're just going to leave it at that. Maybe it was like, um, I like boosted her confidence or something. A week later, I get a text from her. A weird timing. And she said, hey, it's Catherine. Um, I actually was flying back home to Indiana the next day. You, after you gave me the piece of paper and actually left it by accident in my apartment. So I couldn't text you, but I'm back now. So hi, Hey. And so I was just like, I couldn't believe it. It worked. Um, so I tried chatting back and I like asked her how home was and I never heard back from her again. What? <laughs> oh, like, why would you go through that trouble? Just throw away the piece of paper. Yeah. That's odd. But yeah. I'm yeah. very proud of you for doing that. I'm proud of myself. It's That's so funny. She's like hitting on all stuff we talked about. This is so wild. Guys, yes. I'm trying. <laughs> no, we literally talked about like the slide, like the 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 well, written. So, so my friends are like Nicole. She's in San Francisco. You're in LA. So it's probably for the best. She's like my friends were like, you should be doing that to someone in LA though. And I was like, oh, yes. I don't know. I didn't think of that. <laughs> okay. Speaking of people not in LA. Um, and also shooting, like sort of shooting your shot. So um, I know that you have an ongoing um, DM relationship with a very beautiful German woman. <laughs> what? <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Um, so I have been uh, following this girl on Instagram probably for the past. We've been following each other. And also past- wait, Nicole, mm-hmm. before this. Yes. Would you be t- – so like finding Mr. Height. Mm-hmm. Our gay woman audience, would you be open to a DM slide? Oh yeah. Okay, okay great. So open to that. Yeah. Great. Sure, we can chat. Great. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> because I actually get usually when we have guests on that say they're single, I almost always <laughs> get questions about like whether or not somebody can slide. Oh, yeah. So. No, if if someone themselves is interested or they have a friend who's who's looking, I am, you know, I'm ready. I'm single and ready to mingle. Great. It's funny that you use that phrase because I interviewed my brother on like an an Ask Me Anything on my Instagram last week and I asked him that question and he said that he is most definitely single but probably not ready to mingle. (laughs) That's such a funny response. Yes, but Nicole is open. Great. Yes, I'm open. I love meeting new people um, and down to meet in person, see if there's anything there. Um, Yeah, I'm a a very open-minded person. No, I feel like, Nicole, you have such a good like attitude – about this stuff. And I think that's like, I mean, that's why I thought of you when we yeah. wanted to do this episode, because I think we really try to approach things with like positivity. And I think even though like 
you know, stuff doesn't work out. You and I have been texting a lot about Mm -hmm. something that didn't work out recently. And yet like, you know, we, we move forward. (laughs) We're open. Believing in the best is yet to come. And I am, I, so I just think you have a great attitude. Oh, thank you. I try to stay positive no matter what happens in my life, whether it's personal or professional or but yeah, I, should I go into this German pen I'd like situation? to circle back to this German woman, yes. <laughs> yeah, because so um, Ali, she was like listening to your content about pen pals and she was like, wait, I have like basically a literal pen pal. <laughs> yeah, I texted Borek and I was like, I have this right now. <laughs> Tell me everything. Um, yeah, so she she's in Germany, so completely different continent. Um, she, uh, we don't remember how we followed each other. We've talked about this, but um, we've followed each other for about four to five years now. And we've been consistently DMing for about two of those years, um, wow. probably a year what, and a half, like just before the pandemic. What does consistently mean? How often are we talking? Like maybe like two to three times a week. And some days will be like consistent back and forth throughout the day. Oh, but wow. the time difference, sometimes yeah. that's just not possible. Yeah, but it's pretty consistent. Um, but yeah, she has a boyfriend. Um, but she has that was a curveball that, she... that I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a plot twist. Um, but she another plot twist is she said that uh, if she weren't dating her boyfriend, she would date me. So Nicole, I have a question for you. How do you take that type of response yeah. where that could just be a like that in theory could be a line, right? But do you like? Do, do you know if she's bisexual? Do you like, what do you, how do you respond yeah. to something like that? So I think even before she had a boyfriend, she was being kind of like flirty with me before okay. and like commenting on my stuff really in like flirty ways uh-huh. um, so that it doesn't surprise me. And like, I don't know, maybe you guys can share your insight on this, but what straight girl would really carry on like a DM conversation with another girl all the way across the world for so long? I mean, is that something you guys think you would do? Like, and if you knew she was gay, I don't know. Like, she knows about my sexuality. Right. I mean, I personally wouldn't. Probably not. But I also don't think that I would carry on a DM conversation for multiple years with a dude I was interested in Mm. across the world. Mm. Agreed. You know, so I don't think think that, like, gender sexuality actually plays into it for me. I think that, like, that situation in general is something that I just probably would. It's definitely gotten a lot flirtier over the past, I would say, like, year. Yeah. Interesting. That almost yeah. feels – and, like, you guys live across the world from each other. But, like, mm-hmm. somebody said that to me about somebody that they were seeing in person. That would feel, like, manipulative to yeah. me to, like, say to somebody, like, oh, I would date you if not for – also, like, not really fair to that other person. Yeah. No, totally True. fair. And I and I asked her. I was like, do you think your boyfriend – does your boyfriend care that I flirt with you so much? And she said right. no. So, like, maybe they have it. I didn't ask her if she has an open thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So something that I wonder about, Nicole, and something that I've talked about um, with, like, other friends that I've talked to you about is the, like, fetishizing of either bi women Mm -hmm. or lesbian women who are on dating apps and like I have I have a friend who she says like a third of her matches turn out to be women masquerading as like a threesome entry point mm-hmm. and like does that it does that happen to you I I would say I think um on the apps usually people are very forward or open about what they're looking for in terms of it's for you know a third situation or like I'm in an open marriage I'm looking for someone for myself my partner wouldn't be involved or if Mm. you're okay with my partner being involved like 
I've, I've seen that people are pretty open about that in their bios and stuff. I've never really gotten into a situation where I've met up with someone and actually I kind of have, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't a third. Se- okay. Maybe I should just tell you what happened. I we can, that. and we can edit anything out. Yeah. If you decide no, you don't want this. no, it's fine. It's just, it's just funny. Um, so I was in Bali. I feel like Bali would have some hotties. Yeah. But maybe I'm here for a good time. <laughs> so let's check that out. I ended up matching with this woman. She was like much older, like maybe like late thirties, um, really cute. And we were talking and she was so down to meet up, but I kind of got scared. I, I, um, I told her that I didn't want to do dinner, just me and her. And I said, I'd feel weird leaving my friends. And she goes, well, you can bring your friends too. So I brought my friends with me on this dinner date with this girl that I met off Tinder. And my friend asked her, she's like, so, um, like, do you, do, do you live with roommates back home? Like, what's your living situation like? She goes, yeah. oh, um, I live with my husband. Oh. <laughs> and I was Interesting. like, oh. And then she looks at me. She looked at me and she asked, uh, does that surprise you? And yeah, she didn't say yes. anything about being You're married at Tinder. all. She's on Tinder. She didn't disclose it in her, like, bio or anything. So I said, uh, yeah. So then I didn't know how to take this. I was like, okay, was this a date or not? Was she just meeting up to meet new people in Bali while she's here? Which didn't make sense. Cause like everyone knows Tinder, you don't go on Tinder. To no, that's friends. not where you do on Tinder. Yeah. Right. That's not a friend. <laughs> and so, so yeah. Uh, and then, uh, when I got home, she was messaging me, we like have an open marriage and blah, blah, blah. And she told me that she and her husband are now getting a divorce. Because when she got home, she caught him cheating on her. So I said, I thought you guys had an open marriage. Right. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. I don't know. At what point did you – she's on Tinder. And I think it was after that I was like, I should not be on this app anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I've hit my limit with this app. Yeah. This is a lot. That (laughs) is insane. That is my one encounter with someone who ended up being married. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, yet again, like that could happen to anybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like people are more open to like open relationships and marriages these days. And I feel like those types of people tend to be the ones who are more communicative because that's kind of what's expected, right? Of a relationship like that. So I feel like a lot of people on the apps who are in open situations tend to be more vocal about it. Um, I think what I encountered was probably um, a more rare instance, I'd like to think. I'd hope. Yeah. Yeah. I see it a lot on the apps. A lot of people saying that they're like, you know, ethically non-monogamous or Mm -hmm. in an open relationship a lot. Yeah. I've never dated anyone who's poly or ethically non-monogamous. I've never, I've never done that. Yeah. Neither have I. I, Not my jam. Same. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. I know that I couldn't. Same. I think I would just get too in my head about, about things. Ariel, I talked a little bit about how people who are dating Mm -hmm. in a straight relationship have like sort of a playbook where like we Mm -hmm. have all these norms of like men pay on the first date or whatever. Whereas if like two women are are on a date or two men are on a date, that dance is really different because there's no sort of like societal norm for that. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. But when it comes to, I think, same sex uh, like couples or like, you know, same sex dating. Um, sometimes those rules are unwritten. You kind of have mm-hmm. to figure it out while you're on the date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Has that ever, have you ever hit like a communication snag like that? 
not maybe necessarily a snag. A lot of my straight friends ask me, you know, like when you're on dates, like who picks up the check? And I feel like it's, it should be, you know, whoever asked out who. Nicole, it's like you've been here before. (laughs) We fucking love this. All the time. Yeah, because, well, so I've found myself in certain situations where I've gone out on dates with girls I've met off the apps and they've accidentally been under 21. They've turned out to be 20. Oh, wait. So when you say accidentally, you mean they lied. Like their profile says like 24. Right, right. right. 25, (gasps) 26. Like one girl, we're on the date, on a date and the server comes along and he's like asking her, you know, can I get you ladies any drinks? And then I asked her, I was like, what, do you want to get a drink? And she just goes, um, I'm not 21 yet. And it was Ooh. just so awkward. And I was so surprised. I, I didn't know what to do. And so wait, did she tell you in front of the waiter? Cause that is like a extra bonus. Yeah, she did. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That is such bad timing on her part. Yeah. And so then um, another time, which, yes, it happened to me more than once. Um, but I was on a date with this other girl and I was telling her about this story. And I was and she was like, oh, how but you oh, know, no. I'm 20. Right. <gasps> I thought she was Dead. joking. And so I started laughing. I was like, oh, ha, ha. she goes, no, I'm I'm 20. And I said, wait, but your profile says a completely different age. And um, but I found that on those dates when I'm like dating younger women, I've ended up paying because I guess like I'm the older woman that in that situation. Oh man. Do you think Nicole, that that also applies to like after the date? Like we talk a lot. I think one of the things that came up with Ariella is that structure that exists mm-hmm. in a heteronormative relationship and where what a lot of things that we try to sort of rail against, I guess is that if you had a good time as a woman who dates men, if you had a good time on a date, you could text first. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But that feels like you're flouting the rules in Mm -hmm. a sense because there is that sort of understood rule, even though I'm not into it. But does that – like how does that sort of dynamic translate into after your date? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so at the end, I mean, I just generally am a very expressive person anyway. And so if I'm feeling a certain way, I'm always just, I'll just text it. I won't wait around. Um, and I think maybe that goes with, say, like, I feel like maybe females dating, women dating women, um, there isn't that kind of rule, like, let me wait for the guy to text me first. Not that rule, right. but like a lot of women feel pressured not to be totally. the first ones. Yeah. But I think when it's two women dating each other, those rules kind of go out the window. So I, I always just text anyway. Um, I've never gotten ghosted after that. So it's either like a, Hey, I'm down or Hey, like I actually just picked up on a friend's vibe only thing. Yeah. That's an incredible statistic. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes. Maybe I just haven't gone on that many dates guys. That, no, I mean that probably <laughs> that just shows you are dating like emotionally mature people. Yeah, you're Love dating great people. I'm I'm that. trying maybe emotionally mature, but not uh, mature age wise. Yes, yes, not literally <laughs> mature. Very not literally, literally mature. mature. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Thank you for coming on and sharing your stories, Nicole. <laughs> Some of those were wild. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. I'm I'm full of these stories. Actually, I just need people to like get them out of me, and which is what you did. <laughs> Thank you for um, being our first or for us to let us be your first podcast. Yes. Yay. Well, thanks for having me. I love that you guys are doing a whole, you know, non-straight perspective um, on the show. That's awesome. Let's do pride year round. Heck yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. All right, everyone. We'll have a good night. 
Bye. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.